This episode is brought to you by Squarespace. Squarespace has been a longtime supporter of the Improved Photography Podcast, and I also want to highlight them because I've also been a longtime supporter of them. I've been a longtime paying customer um, for my photography portfolio, and I'm really happy with the design ease of use and customization op- options that they offer. So her- head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use offer code IMPROVE to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Ladies and gentlemen, now boarding for Latitude, the travel photography podcast on the Improve Photography Network. And now your hosts... Brian McGuckin and Brent Bergherm. Welcome back to Latitude, the travel photography podcast. I'm your host, Brent Bergherm, and with me, as usual, is Brian McGuckin. Brian, good to be with you again. Good to be on as well. Brent, how are you doing? Doing well. It's a great day and a wonderful time to talk about some great travel photography stuff. So uh, you had a great topic that you wanted to cover. Why don't you uh, introduce that for us and we'll see where it goes. Yeah, well, I believe, as most listeners know, I am a uh, middle school, sixth grade social studies teacher during the day, uh, my superhero teacher cape on, and uh, during the rest of my life, I am a photographer. And it is almost April here, which means two things. One, my birthday is coming up, awesome. but uh, we're not going to focus on that. <laughs> but what I am going to focus on is spring break. And uh, most people around here who have children have probably uh, heard of spring break, or if you can remember your youth somewhat, your college days as well, uh, you probably have enjoyed a good travel or two. And so in a few weeks, it's spring break the first week of April here for us in in my school system. And so we are going to go on a trip. We are, my daughter is looking into uh, a university. She's only a sophomore in high school right now, but she wanted to go check out Liberty University out on the East Coast in Virginia. And I figured, well, if I'm going to drive you out there, then I want to kind of stay out there, you know, and, and get some shots. So I have a friend that lives right outside Washington, D.C., and I love going to D.C., you know, because of all the great monuments that are there. And so we just decided as a family, why don't we just bring the whole family and go on a trip or we'll drop my daughter off and we'll spend a few days hanging out around Washington, D.C. So that is our plan. And it has just got me thinking a lot of, OK, all of a sudden now I need to plan this trip. How am I going to do this? Uh, what do I need to consider? How are we going to you know, do this in a loving way to where <laughs> I get to, one, get the photography shots that I desire to do, and two, that I get to keep my family when we come back? Because those of you that have family, if you've ever traveled with them and you, know, you want to get your shots and they just want to get on to the next thing, they don't really mesh well. Do you know what I mean, Brent? Have you had that experience before? I certainly have, and that's certainly a wonderful area to take the family, and there's lots of extra things that you can do there, but I totally know what you're saying, and you're doing the exact opposite of what I'm doing for spring break. I'm going to be in Charleston for the first part of my spring break. That's actually my test week, because I'm also a teacher, of course, and then my actual spring break is the week before you have yours, I'll just be sitting at home with the family, not going anywhere, actually. So uh, it's going to be nice to to be home and whatnot, but it would be nice to be able to head out somewhere with the family. So I know what you're saying, though, because we've definitely done those types of trips, and it's 
you, you just got to pay attention to a few things to, to make life happy for all, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm, definitely. And I've done it before a little bit. I've had some uh, trips when I had to go to some local states. Well, I guess when I did some work for a couple of years with the travel photography company, uh, they sent me to some states and I thought, what a great opportunity because it's easy. It's basically shots I get on my time and all. So I thought, what a great opportunity to spend some good quality time with my children and bring them with me. So uh, I took a few of the kids with me down to Tennessee. Cool. My daughter has traveled with me to DC and kind of uh, Pennsylvania, Ohio, and you know, and just states around here and out and out east. And so I thought maybe there are probably other families out there right now that are planning a trip and they want to one enjoy time with the family, and two at the same time, you know, bring their camera and, and mm-hmm. get some shots. So Brent and I uh, have. Uh, kind of thought of some ideas. So we came up with five tips for travel photography with the family. Now, these aren't in any specific order. Uh, We're not saying that one is necessarily more important than the other, but these were just five areas that we thought, well, these are five things to consider and to remember when you're going to go travel with your family. So the first one is uh, tip number five. We'll say, let's go backwards with these, is engaging the family. And now when we talk about engaging the family, there's kind of two areas that we're thinking of. One is in the planning and the other is in the actual shooting yourself. So uh, Brent, when it comes to planning, I know that you've done this before. How Mm -hmm. have you involved your family when it's come to specifically a photo trip that you want to get some pictures? Yeah, maps are huge because it provides the kids, my children, are 14 and 11, the two that I have done most of this with. My my six and uh, four-year-old really haven't. But the um, the six, the, the, excuse me, the 11th and the uh, 14-year-old, looking at maps can really open it up because you can kind of get a visual for what things are looking like and, you know, how far away things are. If you have an idea of where you're going to stay already, then you can say, well, look, you know, we could go out here, we could go out here. And a good map, of course, that has things listed on them for some of the potential sites that you might be going to, uh, it's, it helps to just you know re- reiterate that visual and say, you know, this is what we could happen. And then, of course, we look it up online and whether they're looking up on the iPad or, or just what, uh, just kind of trying to get them a little bit involved. But another thing I've done, too, is for my 14-year-old, he's almost 15 now, give him a guidebook because he got interested uh, the last couple of months in trying to go and take a look at Stockholm, Sweden. And I was like, hallelujah, this is awesome. I would love to get, take you there. So we just ended up giving him a guidebook. And so he's actually reading through and, and uh, doing a few things on his own first. And then he and I will look a little later at that. Yeah, that's great. I, there are so many great guidebooks that are out there. But I think oftentimes, you know, what what the kids want to see and what yeah. we want to see aren't always the same. True. And so it's, it's important to try to, uh, you know, mesh those together, I guess. Yes. You know, one thing you could do is just when you find a lot of the locations that you're interested in is maybe intentionally guide them towards your yes. locations, you know, by saying, hey, check this out or check that out. Or I'm thinking somewhere around this area, you know, here are a few things that we can experience while we're there. You know, do any of these, you know, sound good to you? Well, and like in your case, you have a very distinct target. You want to go to this university region. 
And so when you have that very distinct target, you kind of know what your overall plan is for the location. It's just now finding what are some things that would be family-friendly possibly, but also getting them in on the planning can make it just more exciting anyway for them to experience when they're there. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And there are other areas that I think are important in getting them engaged, not just the planning process, but also the actual shooting, you know, when, mm-hmm. when you're there. And so uh, tell us, Brent, you, you shared you had some ideas about how when you're there shooting, how you like to get your kids specifically involved. How do you do that? You bet. I just put a camera in their hands. And also with my wife, uh, she and I went to the coast a couple of weeks ago and I put a camera in her hands too. And it was just almost pure joy just watching either the kids or, or watching my wife just going and exploring uh, on their own with a camera. And it's really exciting to see that. And another thing I did with one of my sons, the the older one, I was doing some YouTube videos that I still have yet to process and, and whatnot, edit and whatnot. But I let him run the video camera. So, you know, he he could learn how to set up the equipment and learn how to operate the equipment. And so that was kind of a nice thing to to have him do as well. Mm-hmm. And I think with kids, especially depending on the age, you know, the right. younger ones too, will, uh, they'll see you shooting right. and he, you know, it'd be fun to see them next year. And they're kind of, you know, Oh, you know, my dad's kind of squatting down low, laying on the ground for this shot. And, and then they'll do it, you know, and mm-hmm. they don't necessarily know why. Right. But I, I love that. And especially if it's a real one, you know, like, and using like an iPhone or an iPad or some type of, you know, digital, uh, device where they can immediately see the pictures that they're getting. Right. And so it's not just like a fake toy camera, but like real legit pictures. Right. Yeah. It's, wanna, it's an EOS M for the ones that I put in their hands, but yeah, mm-hmm. it's good stuff. And, uh, one thing I just want to give a plug on, uh, since we're kind of talking about kids with uh, pictures and all, uh, I'm also the director of a nonprofit that's called the viewfinder project. And, The Viewfinder Project is, it's a handful of lessons. Currently, we have about 16 different lessons that are all used to help guide children through uh, basically seeing life differently. Uh, Typically, it's a curriculum that's used in uh, schools, especially kind of inner city, trying to help kids to find the beauty in the world around them. But if you want to go there, if you go to the viewfinderproject.com, it will take you and you can kind of sign up to where it will send you the curriculum for free and just give you some great ideas for how to teach kids to improve their photos. And you do that right before you go on a trip and then you can remind them of things as they're taking their pictures next to you. And you'll, you'll be impressed. Like it's amazing the Mm -hmm. kids, the shots that kids can get from a different perspective than what we have and, and the things they see. And it's really cute, you know, and you can make some, cheap little uh, book. There are so many different apps um, that are on the devices that are great for, for kids. Uh, there, there's a specific, specific one that we used um, where you just pick a handful of photos and it sends you the square album. I can't think of the name of it. Have you used any of those before? No, I haven't. We've done uh, like Blurb and some other options online, but not use a, an app specifically. Mosaic. That's what it was. Mm, okay. It's an app called Mosaic. And you just you upload a, f- a few of the pictures that you have and it will print off a cheap, I think it's like $15. Uh, 
Hmm. But, you know, for $15 to have a little like album that are pictures that the kids took, I just think that's one, adorable. And two, it's just great memories for the kids. Well, the kids have a lot of pride in that, too. I know when we've printed off things that our boys do, there's just a lot of pride involved in that. And that's really awesome to, you know, give them that experience, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that mosaic, M-O-S-A-I-C, uh, I think it, it was $15 back at that time. So uh, maybe check out that. I'm sure there's some other great easy apps that are out there as well. So yeah, getting your kids, your family engaged in the photos, I think is extremely important. Uh, if you've got uh, children you know, that are older, that are the high school age, sometimes that's a little bit more challenging because they just may not care or yeah. or maybe you're like me. My wife would rather just be drinking a, a coffee in a cafe. And so maybe you plan that out. Sweetie, why don't you stay here and you just enjoy this, this you know, cappuccino. Well, I'm going to go to that park right over there about three blocks away. <laughs> I can see you from there, but <laughs> I'll be right back. I promise. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. then 10 hours later, you finally get back (laughs) (laughs) right right Uh, yeah (laughs) that could be another whole episode (laughs) guilty (laughs) yeah yeah so yeah so definitely uh that was our number five tip going backwards here with engaging them so tip number four uh, which i think is extremely important especially for the most of us and that deals with with money you know how we can save money and pay money And so when we say save money, we're talking about different ways that you can save money when you're on your trips. You know, one of the first things to think about is how are you going to get there? Are you going to drive or are you going to fly? Now, for me, a lot of times these trips I go on are ones where I try to schedule some type of shoot or bring my camera with to where I can eventually just write this trip off. So if I can get my family to be patient and loving in a vehicle for a while, then, you know, that trip's paid for because I rented the vehicle or the gas I'm using is all for my business expense. Compared to plane tickets, you can't really do that that I'm aware of. That can be harder to justify where you're going to have to drive there anyway. You might be able to justify that with the uh, the taxing authorities, but to expense those items. So yeah, that, to save money, you know, and also just realistically for us, moving six people across the country uh, is definitely going to be cheaper by driving. So that's going to be about the only way we can make it happen anyway when it comes to the main transportation. Mm-hmm. But but there are times, obviously, when driving is not an option. You know, my that, daughter and totally. I, we went to, yeah, we went to Norway, uh, which I think I shared about on, on the recent episode, and, and then Paris and Sweden and Copenhagen, and you can't just drive there. No. So in that case, you know, we had to, we had to buy some tickets, um, so that's a little bit harder. You know, we, we've talked about that in previous episodes of different uh, online sites and, and keeping uh, or paying attention to ways that you can uh, save money on your plane ticket, which, you know, speaking of, we were going to talk about this in topic number two. So why don't you go ahead right now, since we're talking about sure. saving money when you're paying for a flight, what do you got? Yeah, just something that came across one of the listeners actually forwarded this to me, and that is... Uh, Norwegian Air. It may expire by the time you guys uh, get to listening to this, but it's good to try and keep on top of some of these things. Norwegian Air is one of those that will often provide some kind of special discounts. And if you're in the New York or Boston regions, 
you could have gotten yourself a flight for $89 one way to either Ireland. They had three, I think, locations in Ireland and one location in uh, Great Britain area. Uh, or maybe it was four in one of those. But anyway, $89 one way is an amazing price. Uh, I don't care how mm-hmm. bad the airline is. It, that's that's an amazing price. So it's it'd be interesting to see if people can get on top of that. And I thought this person in, in particular, she's wanting to go on my Ireland workshop. And so she forwarded it just to pass it along to potential others that might be looking at that. And so she looked at the dates uh, specifically and the ones for the workshop are already taken up for the eight and nine, but still getting it at about $200 each way, that's still pretty cheap. And that's what that was coming up at right now. So it's, it's kind of a neat thing to, if, if that can work for you. And, you know, we've looked at and talked about level airlines and there's wow as well. There's a couple of these discount airfare uh, airlines going to Europe and they can really uh, potentially be a big savings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's an amazing deal. So, you know, when you're trying to save money on travel, obviously, you know, looking at, looking online, trying to find discounts and deals and, and the timing of things, which when it comes to spring break, you know, a lot of times those prices go up right. around that time because that's sure. a, a, a hot time for it. So just trying to save money, whether it's at uh, hotels, B&Bs um, or Airbnbs is also something to, to take into consideration. Uh, I know that we've been looking into some Airbnbs. The problem is we found this great location that fits our budget, but they don't accept children. Mm, so, good. yeah. So luckily... We have some friends that live not too far, and we're actually going to stay with them. Mm, but when we were looking at that, we're like, okay, you know, how do we how do we do that? This would be a great location, and we've got some referrals from other Airbnbs we've stayed at. Maybe we take a chance and just you know ask contact the person and say, hey, listen, here's who we are. Here are some referrals about us or, or feedback about how we're good. Uh, mm-hmm. We're a good family to stay at your place. You know, would you reconsider and it doesn't hurt to ask. Sure. Are they going to say no? Right. You know, if they say yes, you may have just saved yourself a couple hundred dollars. Yeah, and and you know sometimes, at least for us, Airbnb tends to be a little cheaper too, since we would have to house the whole family. And hotels don't like stuffing six people into a room, so you have to get two rooms where you can get an Airbnb that will accommodate the whole family. But also just the fact that, especially if you rent the whole place. You have a kitchen. You can go regular grocery shopping, and you can save a lot of money on food that way too. And that's mm-hmm. important for us to be able to do that. Yeah, and that's one I always forget about because I love eating out so sure. much. But that is like number one on my wife's list because she is obviously the smart one and, and deals with the budget more. <laughs> to be like, well, I'd rather have you know groceries and we can save money that way. And I'm like, well, I want to go out to eat, you know. <laughs> so, so that's yeah. where you you coincide and you say. Sweetheart, would you drop me off over here? I'll take pictures and you go grocery shopping. There you go. Why and, not? <laughs> and while I'm taking pictures, I go and get something to eat. And Oops. <laughs> I did some food photography. It was that's great. Right. Oh, it was awesome. It was great. And it tasted good so, too. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So that's the first part of uh, tip number four with saving money, which were just a couple of tips there. But the other thing we mentioned here was pay money. And that may sound confusing as a, as a tip. So, Brent, would you explain what is meant by pay money? Well, what we were talking about and thinking about here is the notion that if you have kids, maybe it makes sense to actually hire them for doing some things for your business if you operate a photography business. So for those of you that don't operate a photography business, this may not 
work out for you. Although you could still pay them some money, just, you know, give them some money for doing, a, you know, doing a little job around the house kind of a thing. But the idea there was to say, you know, if, if you need to save time in something and you, your time is better spent doing something else, you could pay a little money to your kids. They can start saving up for something. It gives them a sense of, you know, ownership about this kind of responsibility and that kind of stuff. So it could make sense to pay your kids something. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I've talked before uh, with my the tax lady that helps me, and she's like, yeah, you can pay, I think it's up to like $6,000 that you can uh, pay to your child to do actual jobs, whether it's, you know, cleaning the floors of your office if you have an office or taking out the trash or if they're coming with me and they're acting, you know, my daughter's old enough to where she looks like an adult and acts like an adult and can do adult things as far as, you know, being like a second shooter Mm -hmm. or an assistant with me. And so therefore I can pay her for, for the work that she does. And so that's just really, it's kind of like investing into your family and it's, you know, giving your children some money in a way where they've kind of earned it instead of what a lot of people may like to do, which is giving their kids an allowance for, for no work. Yeah. And like, you know, when I took my kids to the coast and I was needing some help with video cameras, uh, that could have been an opportunity where I would pay them uh, to operate the camera because it's a lot more convenient than me to, than to have me, you know, taking all those cameras around and whatnot, especially when, you know, we're shooting with an 80D or a EOS M. It's not just a GoPro that we have. You know, when I am only doing a, a video with a GoPro, that's easy to manage, but to have someone else operate the other camera and the lapel mic it it made a lot of sense to have someone there helping to get that shot Mm -hmm. yeah so you know in a way even though you're paying money you're also kind of saving money by doing that Uh, tip number three deals with composing your shot then add the family and what i mean by that is there are times where, you know, your family, they just want to keep, they want to see something, then they want to move on. But you may want to just get your shot. And so I think a, a happy medium there is to compose the shot you want and, and get your shot and let your family know that's what you're trying to do. You're trying to get set up for it and all. But you nail the shot that you need. And then after you get the shot, you've already got it all composed. Bring your family in and then go ahead and get the family photo. Now, by doing that, you know, you're, you're hopefully, they're, they're waiting patiently, you're <laughs> able to get your shot, and then you're going to have an epic family photo because you've got this beautiful composition that you've already set up instead of, okay, you know, family look this way really quick and get a shot and one of them's looking, one of them's not, the other mm-hmm. one's crying and the other one's, you know, making some type of goofy face and the other one's not even in the photo. So... <laughs> The, an example of this to better help what I mean is when my daughter and I, we were in, in Norway and we did the hike up to Trotanga. I wanted to get a shot of just the rock and, and the amazing view. So I spent a few minutes getting that first and getting it composed. And I envisioned what it's going to be like for my daughter when my daughter was out there. So I got the shot that I wanted first. And then I had the composition that I thought would be best for it. So then I said, okay, you go out into the photo now. And really a shot like this looks better when there is a person in it. So um, that kind of helped, but I was still able to get just the shot, you know, whether it's 
I'm thinking ahead, just thinking in, in DC, the different monuments that I love to photograph, how will I still get the shots of the monuments that I want, and then also include my family. And you have so many opportunities there. I'm just thinking monument family, monument family, monument family, <laughs> with all the different monuments you could shoot and get uh, family shots of, of those as well. Mm-hmm. But like you said, you know, sometimes with the person in it, it does turn out to be a better shot anyway. I can totally agree and concur with that because certainly on your shot there, it gives you a beautiful sense of scale. Mm-hmm. And without the human element, it can be difficult if you're not familiar with the subject. It can be difficult to understand, you know, exactly what it is we're looking at, what the scope of the place is. And maybe you are in an urban setting, maybe you're out in the sticks like you were in, at Trotonga. I can't say that for some reason. Mm-hmm. So sense of scale can be really good. Yeah. And, but, you know, monument, family photo, monument, family photo, <laughs> that's only going to work so long before the right. family's like, I'm done with this. Exactly. So that needs to be addressed as well. And that kind of rolls into tip number two, which is wake up early, stay out late. You know, I know it's a, a family vacation and yeah, you want to rest, but when you've got kids and you're dragging them around from place to place, everybody's exhausted at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe you need to take a day off and go to sleep as well. But maybe that's the time where you say, honey, why don't you go to bed early with the kids too? I'll be back. I'm just going to get a couple of photos. You know, exactly. for me, I'm better at staying out late than I am at getting up early because I'm just a grouch in the morning. And my family <laughs> has made that very clear to me. So... I'd probably get everybody down in bed and then go out and do some shots. Kind of hard to do if you're going to miss the blue hour unless your kids are really young and you can trick them into going to bed early enough. But that's have, one, you, have you done that on any of your trips intentionally? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's one area I, I believe we might actually be complete opposites. Uh, really? <laughs> I get up early uh, fairly easily. Uh, except for last time I was supposed to catch the early flight out of Walla Walla here. Uh, I totally missed my flight. It's a 5 a.m. flight, and I boy, that just was terrible. But uh, back on track. Yeah, I can I can stay up late. It's fine uh, usually, especially when I'm engaged in something like shooting pictures and whatnot. Or I can uh, wake up early. That's fine. When we were on a little vacation back in 2015, went to Devil's Tower and we're camping there, and that was a just gorgeous. I don't know if you've been there, Brian, but Devil's Tower in Wyoming. And it's a nice little park. It's just really quite small as, as it relates to, you know, the, the area, the region around the park. And you have a little campsite there. And I went on a midnight hike and did some astrophotography with the tower just coming right up. Now, of course, it was just a silhouette and I didn't have a strong enough light to illuminate the tower, but that's fine. I still got the silhouette and it was very easy to see it. And then the Milky Way coming straight out of it. And it was really cool. And I was just able to follow the trail and go along my merry way in the very, very pitch black of night. And there was no moon out, so that was awesome. Mm-hmm. And I, again, you know, I, I realize it's a, a family vacation and all. And so it is supposed to be about the family time. But as a photographer, you know, our desires are to be like, oh, I wish I could do this or wish I could do that. So I think that you try to do it. You know, you try to make it happen, even if right. it does mean you're going to be exhausted the, the next day dragging the kids all over to the next place that you yeah. want to go to. <laughs> and that certainly brings in the balance idea. You know, you mentioned how you might take a day off or what have you, and that's certainly the case for us. We might push it for two or three days and then just be like, okay, it's time to 
time to calm it down. There was a time on that same vacation where we were at uh, Yellowstone and basically all of our nerves were just at our wits end. It was just, I, I then was like, you know what? This isn't worth it. And so mm-hmm. I just told the wife and I was like, we just need to go back to camp. We went back to camp and just rested. We didn't see any of the big sites in Yellowstone or anything like that. We just had family time. It was the best day in a long time. So it was really nice. So you just got to balance it out too. Mm-hmm. You do. And that brings me to our number one tip, which I guess these aren't really tips. Maybe it's more of like a category. Sure. <laughs> but, uh, number one that uh, Brent and I both agreed with being the most important is just having patience. You know, just remembering that this is ultimately a family vacation and what is our passion, you know, with photography may not be the passion of our two month old or, you know, two year old or even our 29 year old spouse, you know? (laughs) So I think it's important to remember to, to be patient with them. And, you know, you are going to have to sacrifice a few things probably. Um, but ultimately, you want to leave the trip having enjoyed it, you know, and feeling Absolutely. like you got the shots, but more importantly, you've got those memories. This episode is brought to you by Squarespace. If you're ready to start a new business, you're working for an organization and want the web presence to look great, fresh, and relevant, then Squarespace is a great option for making your website stand out. I've been learning in business that it's so easy to be caught up with a million different things. There are so many different facets of your business. And if you learn to go after all of them, they all kind of look just okay. And so I've been looking for great options where I can get rid of problems as a business owner. And Squarespace has done that for me. Rather than worrying about all the technical part of setting up a website and always worrying about the hosting and keeping the website online, Squarespace can take care of all of that for me. Rather than trying to set up my own design, I can go to Squarespace, look through their pretty big library of different designs and find one that matches what I want on my website. And then I can easily customize it with their pretty large library of settings that they have. Squarespace is a great option for removing problems from your business and allowing you to do what you're great at and making that message available to the world. And Squarespace's analytics help you grow in real time to see exactly how your website is doing. And with 24-7 customer support, you'll know they'll be there to help you. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use offer code IMPROVE to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. That's squarespace.com and offer code IMPROVE. And we thank Squarespace for their continued support of this podcast. They've been awesome supporters. Any other advice that you have on on patience, being patient, patient? You know, I, I guess it's more about the benefits of having patience because it's really easy when we are out at a shoot, especially for me, I love being efficient. And most of the time, now my 15-year-old, he's, he's changing, he's maturing, but most of the time, children just not, they are just not efficient at doing things. And that can get kind of annoying. So just remembering that and just saying, you know, What's the what's the grand purpose here for for my being here with my family, um, and and that 
just helps you remind you and just put, you know, re- reassess your compass kind of a thing and, and it, things just work out and it's all good. At mm-hmm. least that's how it is for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So whether you're listening to this right before you're about to go on a, on a spring break or a family trip, or maybe you just got back and you're wishing that you had already heard this, or maybe you heard this and you're like, hey, Brian and Brent, you guys are crazy. None of this was practical on our trip. <laughs> we just, it, it was miserable or we had a great trip and we left the camera at home, which that's okay to do too. I probably won't be the one doing that because nope. <laughs> I, I would regret it, but that is okay to do. And so on that note, uh, let's go ahead and just wrap things up with a trip that we probably are not going to take together uh, as a family. And that would be a dream destination that we have. So uh, Brent, what is the dream destination that you have? So my dream destination is something I'm hoping to pull off with my wife and my oldest son and leaving the three uh, youngers behind with grandma and and auntie and whatnot. But Meghalaya, India, it's in the northeast corner of India, just above Bangladesh and below Bhutan, if you're looking at a a north-oriented map anyway, a north-up-oriented map. That is such a beautiful region of India. You might, the listeners might look look at me and say, why would you go to Meghalaya? There's nothing there. And that's part of the reason why I want to go to Meghalaya. I've actually been there before in 2010. I went to this region on a bit of a mission-oriented trip for the school that I work at. And we worked with a school over there and ended up providing uh, lots of medical assistance for um, immunizations and the like. Uh, This time around, uh, my church is looking at building a church over there uh, for the local congregation that doesn't have one. And so there's lots of other great things photographically to look at right in the region. Uh, In particular, this place has living root bridges. And so Mm -hmm. somehow they've gotten these tree roots to uh, train them across the river, and you can walk across the river on this very sturdy bridge that's made out of tree roots. It's just amazing. And Those, got, the pictures are insane. If, it's just nuts. If you guys haven't, if you haven't seen this, you've got to check out the pictures. We'll we'll include um, a link to uh, in the show notes that will show it. It's insane. Yeah, I think I might even put that same link uh, in the uh, Facebook group because it's just phenomenally amazing. Uh, so when this gets published, I'll try and remember to put that link in the Facebook group as well. And just look up Living Root Bridges, uh, but then also just tons of waterfalls right in the region where we're going. The place where we're specifically heading to is about uh, less than two miles from the Bengali border. So we're headed right right nestled in the, in the forest region there. It's just going to be awesome. So looking forward to that. And that'll happen in November uh, if we can do the whole family. At least I'll be going, but we're going to try and get uh, three of us in total going. That's great. Yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing how that goes and seeing some of your tree root bridge pictures. That's going to be so cool. And I should say, I'll be going so long as I can get the time off work. I still have to work with that. So, you know, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, it's always tricky. So, I've been thinking of wanting to get a unique landscape that just I don't have around here. And that's deserts. And so, I've looked through some, you know, different images of deserts that I've seen and 
I just, I love, you know, when the, the sun's going down and you see the shadows of mm-hmm. whether it's the ridge of the desert or, um, or like a line of camels or something, you know, that are walking just with that cool, unique perspective. But one of the coolest places to me uh, that I've seen the pictures of is the, the desert in, and I'm totally going to butcher this, um, so I apologize, but in, uh, it's in Africa, it's in uh, Southern Africa, it's uh, is it Namib- Namibia? N- or Namibia. Namibia? Is that how it is? Namibia? Mm-hmm. Uh, just those pictures of those deserts with the trees. Um, you probably have seen it before. It looks like it's a painting almost. Oh, if yeah. you get the timing right with where the sun is, like, and, and you have like almost a silhouette of these trees where the the sand almost looks like this sparkling, unique reddish background it looks like mars i i guess or or how another planet would make me think mm-hmm. um just so y- unique um just with the whether you've got like the blue sky with the colored sand or the colored sand in the backdrop there's just so many different cool perspectives and shots that you can that you can get there yeah that would be that's sweet that'd be amazing mm-hmm so when it comes to saying goodbye, which we like to end each episode with saying goodbye in another language, um, my Afrikaans is not very good. And I'm sure there are different dialects or different areas uh, that they would say goodbye in. But I think it's like Totsians or and somebody's laughing right now because like that's totally not <laughs> T-O-T-S-I-E-N-S. However, nice. you would say that uh, is pretty much how you would say goodbye. Awesome. And in Hindi, which probably really isn't that big of a language in the Meghalaya region, but that's one of the languages, more popular languages in India. Goodbye is Alvidar. What was it? Alvidar. A-L-V-I-D-A-R would be my interpretation of the English translation. (laughs) That's great. Well, whether we butchered it or whether we really nailed it, either way, uh, two beautiful locations around the yes. world that we hope to travel to someday. And, you know, I would love to hear more on our, on Facebook. Um, you know, if you can get onto improved photography, uh, go to the improved photography podcast group, Facebook group, and just share some about your travels. Absolutely. Some of the great location locations that you guys have been to. And I'm excited. We've got some interviews coming up with some travel photographers that I think are going to be some great episodes. So stay tuned for those as well. Well, thanks, Brent, for yeah. uh, joining. Good to be on with you again. It's awesome. And listeners, thanks for joining us, and we'll look forward to being with you next time. Bye-bye. The views expressed on this program by independent host guests and callers do not necessarily reflect the views of Improved Photography LLC or its advertisers. Some links mentioned on this program are affiliate links where a commission is earned.